Welcome to Catalytic Leadership, the podcast designed to help leaders intentionally grow and thrive. Here is your host, author and leadership and executive coach, Dr. William Attaway. Hey, it's William here, and welcome to episode five of our first season of the Catalytic Leadership Podcast. Each week, we are tackling a topic related to the field of leadership. And my goal is to ensure that you have actionable steps you can take from each episode to grow in your own leadership. As I've heard Craig Rochelle say many times, when a leader gets better, everybody benefits. Your team, your department, your customers, your clients, your spouse, your kids, everybody. I'm excited as we continue this new podcast together, so let's jump right in. Today, we're going to talk about productivity, and in particular, what I call the weekly review. Productivity has been a passion of mine for many, many years now. For a long time, it was out of necessity. There just weren't enough hours in the day to get things done. More responsibility seemed to mean longer, never-ending to-do lists. I would leave the office not because I got things done on that day's list, but simply because I had to go home. I knew the list would be there the next morning. Productivity seemed to be the magic bullet. If I could work smarter not longer, then I could get more done and I could be a better leader. But is that true? One of the keys to catalytic leadership that I talk about in my book is to aspire to proper productivity. But let's begin by defining terms, as productivity is a concept that is too often ill-defined. I define it this way. Proper productivity involves utilizing the resources we have as well as we can honestly measuring the results, and prioritizing based on that data, because results matter. Have you ever tried to lose weight? Most people can relate to this at some point in their lives. It's not the easiest thing to do. Now, imagine trying to lose weight by eating right, just once a week, and working out, just once a month. How well do you think that would work? Probably not that well, and the scale would reflect that. Data tells the story. Results come from consistent effort over time. Craig Rochelle captures this well when he says systems create behaviors. Behaviors become habits, and habits drive outcomes. Do you want different outcomes, different results? Then you need new habits. Habits are built from behaviors. And systems create behaviors. As a leadership coach, I will help clients clarify their goals, that is, their desired outcomes, using a primary focus tool. I ask them to write down the four to five areas they want to see movement in during the next six to 12 months. Once we've defined the primary focus areas, then we will evaluate current thought patterns, habits, and behaviors. And we begin to design new habits and behaviors to replace the ones that are getting you your current results. Henry Ford said, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. And similarly, Ed Deming wrote, every system is perfectly designed to get you the results you're getting. To get different results, we have to do different things. We have to change. And that's where coaching comes in. A coach will help you gain self-awareness and perspective. By asking the right questions, a coach can help you discover exactly what needs to change to get the results you want. 
And a coach can provide the accountability that is part of significant changes in your thought, your behavior, and your habits. But it takes consistency. Once in a while, simply won't get you there. Personally, I meet with two coaches consistently, each of whom helps me in a different part of my leadership. Over time, those relationships have produced much fruit. But it took time and consistent effort. And I don't think the changes would have happened without the accountability inherent in the coaching relationship. So let me ask you, what are you doing once in a while that needs to happen every day? What is your plan to change your current habits, behaviors, and systems to get there? Do you have a coach to help you gain clarity and focus and to provide the necessary accountability? In 1896, an Italian economist from the University of Lausanne named Villafredo Pareto noted that roughly 80% of consequences come from 20% of causes. This 80-20 Pareto principle will apply in many areas of your life. But for leaders, I'll note that 80% of your return will come from 20% of your prioritized efforts. When you prioritize well and you focus your time and energy on what matters most, you will see a return that is often significantly out of proportion in a good way. That's the Pareto principle at work. Productivity begins with your systems. In 2006, I read a book that would transform the way I operate on a day-to-day basis. It changed the way I think, I plan, I read, I communicate, and I meet. What was that book? It was Getting Things Done by David Allen. The Getting Things Done, or GTD, system and framework, are known by many leaders in a variety of settings from government employees to contractors, from small business owners to corporate executives, GTD has been adopted by millions of leaders around the world. In his book, Alan unpacks the system and shares a step-by-step process for adopting it, no matter your industry or what you lead. I recommend this book often to leaders, emphasizing its impact on my own productivity and efficiency. Do you ever get overwhelmed by the multitude of projects, to-do lists, details, and emails that are part of every leader's life and work? Do you wish there was a system to help you get a handle on things? Getting things done helped me to do just that, and that's why I recommend it to everyone that I can. Your brain will not efficiently prioritize for you. It will hold getting your oil changed, replying to that email from last week, upping your retirement contribution, picking up the dry cleaning, and going on a date with your spouse all in the inbox of your mind. Now, each of those has a different priority level, if you prioritize. Your brain, though, simply brings them all up equally, usually at an inopportune time when you can't do anything about them. That's one of the great values of GTD. It's a system that helps you determine what's most important what should be prioritized, and what generates the highest and greatest return for your goals. Then you create a system that will equip you to execute on every project, every next action that is needed for successful movement forward. So think about this. What generates the greatest return for you? What have you seen the best fruit come from? In business, this might be focusing more on actual income-producing activities 
versus administration. There's nothing wrong with administration. It's a necessary part of any organization. But that's not going to generate sales or products or content or new customers, is it? The more time you spend on doing the wrong things, the less time you have left to spend on what really matters. No matter what system you use, the fact is you need a system. Whether it's digital or paper-based, GTD or some other framework, an organizational system for productivity is non-negotiable for a leader. So where do you begin? How do you get started? I recommend my coaching clients begin with a weekly review. This is a practice that I instituted in my own life in leadership almost 20 years ago, and I've consistently done it ever since. Here's what that looks like. I sit down once a week. For me, typically it's going to be on Sunday evenings. And I'm going to think back. I'm going to think back over the previous week. I'm going to look at my calendar. I'm going to look at every appointment that I had. I'm going to look at the meetings that I was in. If I took notes, of course I did. From those meetings, I'm going to review those notes. I'm going to think back and I'm going to ask three questions. What went right this week? Now, you might remember this is a question from our evaluation episode last time. What went right? This is part of my weekly review personally as a leader. What went right? I want to celebrate those wins for my own leadership purposes. I'm going to capture those because there are days when you wonder, am I doing any good at all? Am I I really making a difference? That's when you review your wins. What went right? You celebrate those things, right? Then you move on to what went wrong. I'm going to evaluate. I'm going to look back and I'm going to say, okay, what what didn't go right this week? What What are things that I wish I could change? What are the conversations that if I had those to do over again, I would would do it differently? What went wrong? Then you move to the third question. How do I make it better next time? That's when you evaluate your wins, you evaluate what went wrong, and you say, hey, given the same circumstances, the same opportunity, what would I do differently next time? This is where you process what you're learning and you put it into a place of application so that the next time you're in a similar situation, a similar conversation, a similar meeting or circumstance, you'll respond differently because you processed your learning. That's the value of this first part of the weekly review. You look back over the last week and you determine, what do I need to do differently? How could I do this better? Then you look forward. You look forward into your upcoming week, maybe two weeks, and you look at the meetings that are planned, the conversations, what's going on, what are the what are the things that I want to get accomplished, what are the wins that I want to see happen, and you begin to think into those. What do I need to prepare as I'm moving toward those things? What do I need to do to get ready so that I will move into a place where I will see a win here? It begins with planning. If you want to see more wins, you plan into that. And that's part of the weekly review process. You look backward, you process your learning, you look forward, you begin to plan into the wins that you want to see, that you want to experience. Now, productivity would not be complete. This discussion would not be complete without a discussion around what not to do. I read pretty broadly on this subject, and I learn as much as I can from as many people as I can. But as we reflect on aspiring for proper productivity, it's important to reflect on what not to do. Now, I have a plethora of examples on this that might be helpful to you as you reflect on your own leadership journey. First, realize that you are not good at everything. You're just not, and neither am I. 
If we're honest, we're good at a few things, a couple of things. Marcus Buckingham and others have suggested that leaders would be far better served to focus on our strengths instead of trying to shore up our weaknesses. If I work really hard on an area that I'm not good at, I might, might bring my grade from a D to a C. But I'm never going to be an A player in that area. It's not my natural wiring. But if I focus on an area where I'm a B plus or an A minus, well, I can make significant improvement and see that become something very strong. This can be a hard lesson to learn. When I was a new leader, I was constantly battling the urge and desire to want to be good at everything and to focus on everything. I would focus on my work and on the weeds of the work of everyone on my team. And guess what? I was far from productive. I remember early in my leadership journey when I worked as an office manager for a drugstore chain. I was responsible for hiring and overseeing about a dozen cashiers and half a dozen or so stock guys. It was my first leadership experience, and boy, was it an eye-opener. Here are a few things I learned about productivity during my two years there. First, busy does not mean productive. I can't tell you how many conversations I had with team members who were constantly busy, but they were not doing their jobs. They were in motion, but they weren't doing the right things. Instead of focusing on the main things and on what they were good at, they focused on minutiae that really didn't matter that much. That's a temptation for us all at times. Second, if you don't deal with a problem, it doesn't go away. I had a team member who was consistently late. By consistently, I mean every shift she worked. It was kind of remarkable. I mean, how can you be late every single time? I talked to her time and again and was reassured each time that, well, this wouldn't happen again. It was always a reason. Always a story why it happened this one time. And I kept giving her chance after chance. And you know what happened? Nothing changed. Her behavior never changed. And ultimately, I had to let her go. But I waited way too long to do that. And unfortunately, I've repeated that mistake a few more times since then. It's tough to know when to give more grace and when to hold the line. But productivity really begins with being where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there, doing what you're supposed to be doing. Doing the right things day after day, week after week, has a compound effect. As I trained and worked with new employees, what I found was that if they were consistent in their efforts, they could almost always grow into valuable members of our team. But if they did the right things only once in a while, well, they became much less so. Productivity has to mean that you are producing. There's fruit from your efforts. No fruit means something needs to change. And last, encouragement matters. My supervisor at that drugstore was a middle management guy who had risen to the level of a store manager in the company. He wanted to go higher, but he had a number of challenges that seemed to cap his growth. One of those was how he treated his team members. I remember hearing how he talked to and about his team members and thinking, even then, that's just not honoring to them. Well, that wasn't his goal. He saw them as a means to an end, the end being his success and his next vacation or nice car as fruit for his leadership. In nearly two years of working there, I can't recall one instance of his encouraging me or another team member. 
That affected morale, turnover, and productivity, as well as how customers were treated by team members. As they are treated, so will they treat others. So what's your next step? Here's my challenge for you. If you're not currently doing a weekly review, I'm going to encourage you to try it for four weeks. Follow the pattern I've talked about, and over time, adjust it to fit your own thinking. But make it happen. Think back over the previous week. What went right? What went wrong? And how would I make this better next time I'm in a similar circumstance or situation? And then think forward. What's coming up this week? What do I need to prepare or think through or think about? to make sure that I'm as positioned as I can be to see a win happen. Will this be helpful? I have no doubt. Thanks for joining me for this episode today. As we wrap up, I have a request for you. I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you find value here, I'd love it if you would rate it and review it. That really does make a difference in helping other people to discover this podcast. Second, if you don't have a copy of my newest book, Catalytic Leadership, I'd love to put a copy in your hands. If you go to catalyticleadershipbook.com, you can get a copy for free. Just pay the shipping so I can get it to you, and we'll get one right out. My goal is to put this into the hands of as many leaders as I can. This book captures principles that I've learned in 20 plus years of coaching leaders in the entrepreneurial space, in business, government, nonprofits, education, and in the local church. You can always connect with me on LinkedIn to keep up with what I'm learning and thinking about. And if you're ready to take a step with a coach to help you intentionally grow and thrive as a leader, I'd be honored to help you. Just go to catalyticleadership.net to book a call with me and stay tuned for our next episode next week. Until then, as always, leaders, choose to be catalytic. Thanks for listening to Catalytic Leadership with Dr. William Attaway. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss the next episode. Want more? Go to catalyticleadership.net.